Hey, everybody, and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill podcast in which we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's happening on campus and around the world. April is Autism Awareness Month, and today we're talking about autism research at Carolina with Associate Professor of Psychiatry and the Executive Director of the UNC Teach Autism Program, Laura Klinger. The Teach Autism Program provides several services for individuals on the spectrum. What exactly does this program do, and what do you do as Executive Director? So our program is here within the School of Medicine at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And we are a program dedicated to creating and disseminating community-based services that work for people with autism across the lifespan. So we have seven outpatient clinics around the state of North Carolina. We have a employment program that serves adults with autism helping support their employment. And we have a residential program for about 15 adults with autism. And we have an international training program where we train professionals across the world. So in my role as executive director, I oversee all of those different programs. I also oversee my own personal research program looking at adult outcomes for adults with autism. What does your research focus on? My research focuses on understanding more about adults with autism. There are very, very few publications in the research literature looking at adults with autism. So we have done some research looking at adults in their 30s and 40s and finding fairly high unemployment with only 42% of adults with autism employed in our sample. And then we also find that 53% of them are still living at home with their families. So that tells us about the kinds of support services that are needed to help with employment or services to help with everyday living skills. Then we take that information and we develop intervention programs that we think support more positive outcomes. The intervention programs we're developing will be transition programs for young adults to help them be successful at employment or successful at living independently so that the next generation of adults with autism perhaps will have more positive outcomes than this current generation. Why is it so important to research adults with autism and to develop these intervention techniques for them? I think that most people think of autism as a childhood disorder, but it turns out that people don't outgrow their autism, and autism really is a lifelong disorder. If you look at the prevalence rates of autism and the research that's being done by the Center for Disease Control, we know that the rates of autism in eight-year-old children have risen from one in 150 to one in 68 between 2002 and 2010. What that means is that those eight-year-olds from 2002 are now in their early 20s. And so we're going to see a huge increase in the number of people with autism in their early 20s diagnosed with this disorder and really need to focus on what our adult services are going to look like for this population. So it's best to focus on practical skills than on other things like social skills. 
What's interesting about autism is that another misconception is that people with autism also have intellectual disability. Somewhere between 30 and 50% of individuals with autism have an intellectual disability. But that means somewhere between 50 and 70% don't have an intellectual disability. So for that group, they're going through the school system and getting a general education high school diploma just like any other student in the high school. And the typical academic curriculum does not provide supports for the kinds of difficulties that we see adults with autism experiencing. For example, we know that many adults with autism have trouble with managing everyday life transportation, making purchases in public, knowing how to manage their finances, things that perhaps they weren't taught in high school. Our research says that the biggest predictor of employment in adulthood is those daily living skills, those independent living skills. So it's not necessarily the social skills, it's really the independent living skills that seem to lead to difficulties being successful as an adult in terms of employment and in terms of having a higher quality of life. So our intervention programs are really focused on practical daily living skills and practical organizational skills to help you be a successful adult. Last year, Sesame Street launched a Muppet character with autism. What role did you play in developing that character? So Sesame Street has a program dedicated to social concerns. So for example, they've done programs for military families. They've done programs for children whose parents have died. And a few years ago, they decided that they wanted to do programs around autism, really to support awareness of autism and then also to provide some support for families who are living with autism. So they gathered together a group of autism experts from around the United States. Some of those experts, like myself, are from universities who have specialized autism programs and who do research on autism. Other parts of the advisory board included adults with autism themselves, parents of adults, clinicians in the community. So they gathered everyone together for two days and talked with us about what we saw to be the biggest needs for families and for communities in terms of awareness of autism. And over the last few years, they have worked to create a Muppet character, Julia. Julia is a four-year-old little girl with autism. The message for Julia is that she likes to play, she likes to be around other people, but sometimes she plays a little differently, and sometimes she has difficulties controlling her emotions or understanding other people, and that's because she has autism. And the message is that Julia does things in her own way, she's still fun, and the autism doesn't get in the way of her being able to play with other children. Why is it necessary to have a character with autism represented on TV, especially on a show like Sesame Street? I think that Sesame Street did an outstanding job of listening to their various advisors to create a character that represents 
a lot of different things that you might see in a young child with autism. Certainly one character isn't going to represent the entire spectrum of autism, but Julia shows a lot of the different symptoms of autism. And I think that's important for two reasons. One, we know that parents watch Sesame Street with their children. So I think parents are going to identify some symptoms in their own children that they see in Julia and hopefully help us be able to diagnose autism earlier. I also think that parents and children watching the character of Julia will learn some techniques for how to be more inclusive and understanding for other families who have a child with autism. So I think the message is that families who watch along with their children will also perhaps help with more earlier identification and more understanding for other families. Awareness of autism seems to be critical for properly identifying people with it and intervening in the right way, even for people who don't have it or don't know someone who does. Why is that? Because we know that the rates of autism have really skyrocketed, and so we know that one in 68 individuals has autism, we all will have individuals with autism in our classrooms, in our colleges, in our employment settings. And I think the idea that autism is rare is false. Autism is something that is prevalent in our society. We're all going to learn how to work, hopefully, effectively, um, and collaboratively with people with autism. You have to know a lot about autism and that People with autism make great employees. People with autism are dedicated, committed, and are fun uh, team members. And I think um, without awareness of autism for things like Sesame Street provides, we'll be less likely to take a chance and employ an adult with autism. Is there a best intervention technique for people with autism? Or is it a goal of researchers to find that technique? There's two different answers to that question. First of all, the spectrum is broad. So some people with autism have very significant language delays and very significant intellectual delays, and they really need comprehensive supports. And for those children, specialized instruction in the schools, specialized support services, opportunities for group homes when they become adults are very important. For this other group of individuals who has average IQ or higher and good communication skills, they still need supports, but perhaps a different kind of support. They might be included in a general education classroom, but still need supports in order to be successful. So I think one of the things that we really need to start to do is to ask the question of which kind of autism intervention is appropriate for which kind of person with autism, rather than to say which intervention is the best for people with autism, I think we need to take into account the individual with autism. So one thing we're doing here at the University of North Carolina is we've just launched our University of North Carolina Autism Research Center. The focus of that center is to really answer that question, to really take a more individualized or personalized look at autism, 
even thinking about the genetics of autism, looking at a person's unique genetics, and to say which intervention what might work best for this particular person with autism based on their symptoms, based on their genetics, based on their brain imaging, how can we really help to tailor our interventions? So I think one important area of intervention is to do that more personalized or targeted approach. The other thing that I think is important is because autism is a lifespan disorder, we need to figure out what interventions we're going to do with babies and what interventions we're going to do with older adults. And they're not the same. Joe Piven here at the University of North Carolina has recently published a series of articles saying that we can identify which babies will go on to have autism with about 80% accuracy through brain imaging. That means that we're going to be doing early intervention with nine-month-old babies. That's something we've never done before, and that's really important for the field and where you'll see TEACH moving forward in the future. On the other hand, we're going to be doing intervention with 70-year-olds with autism, and that's something we haven't done before either. And you'll see that another big move for what we're doing here at TEACH is to figure out what interventions are best for older adults. You mentioned the Autism Research Center. Why does Carolina need all of its outstanding autism researchers to come together? We are one of the most highly ranked universities with regards to autism research publications. And in fact, several years ago, we were ranked number two in the world for autism research publications. Our autism research is happening in the School of Education, in arts and sciences, in public health, in School of Medicine. We have researchers all over campus, but they don't often speak to each other. Those of us who are directors of some of the autism programs on campus really wanted an opportunity to bring together our strengths to really move the field forward, not having each individual researcher work in isolation with his or her own department, but to work more collaboratively to really push the field forward in a somewhat non-traditional academic way. Traditionally in academics, each research lab does their own work, and this really was an attempt by all of us to create some sort of synergy, both to continue our expertise in autism, but also to just, as I said, move the field forward in a way that we didn't think we could do individually. I'll never be able to do genetic research in autism. I won't be the one doing a podcast on the genetics of autism. But Ben Philpott and Mark Zilka and neurosciences are incredible incredibly talented in their knowledge of genetics and their knowledge of biology and mouse models of autism. And I think putting Ben and Mark and Joe and I in a room and talking about what kind of research needs to be done will really make a difference for the next generation of young infants with autism and also for our growing number of adults with autism. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Be sure to check unc.edu in two weeks for another episode of Well Said, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Android apps.